You're listening to the Uncensored Direct Marketing Show. This show is designed for direct response marketers who want raw, unfiltered conversion tips and secrets to scale their offers profitably to reach their next million. I'm Maria Sparagas. I'm the founder of Direct Paynet and your host. Now let's dive in. Welcome everybody to another episode of Uncensored Direct Marketing. Today I have a treat for you. We have Rohan Seth. He's the CEO at GrowRev. GrowRev has helped thousands of very large online companies grow through online content and traffic uh, purchasing and so forth. They create funnels, they buy traffic, they help with online content creation, pretty much full stream of everything that you would need online. Uh, GrowRev has worked with Click Funnels with Russell Brunson, Mastermind.com, the Mickelson Twins, Mike Filsame, and pretty much everybody who's been in the online industry for at least 10 years or more has um, worked with Rohan and his team. So Rohan, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. Well, I mean, we have so many things to talk about and I have a slew of questions that I've been just thinking uh, for the last week preparing for this interview, but I'm curious, can you tell us a little bit about GrowRev and your path and like what got you to where you are today? Yeah. So in a nutshell, taking, you know, the last essentially what is two decades of my life to kind of come to this point. Um, I came from the direct sales background, uh, started at the age of uh, 14, 15, um, very, very young through high school. Um, eventually got into door-to-door sales, did that for two and a half years, built the company being uh, the number one producer in Canada. Yes, I'm from Canada as well. So is Maria. So this is an even better podcast. Um, and then uh, eventually got, uh, I would get poached by some of the biggest direct sales organizations throughout North America. Um, eventually got so good and bored at the same time of doing one-to-one selling that I was like, what's the next best option? And then someone gave me a Dan Kennedy book and I started studying Dan Kennedy and Jay Abraham and all the, you know, the OGs of our industry. And this is before like internet marketing really became a big thing. And I was like, okay, what is this whole thing? And this is like running through blogs and doing like, you know, all old school traffic things. Most people wouldn't even understand today. Started doing affiliate marketing, transitioned that into, you know, Google, I started doing Google ads, uh, family and friends started reaching out to me like, Hey, how do we turn this into, can you help this Google thing that you're doing online and help me do it? And I was like, sure. And I just kind of did that couple of friends, family and kind of all that good stuff, turned that into what is an agency. Didn't even know the term agency when I first started, didn't even know what an agency was or existed. Like never. I just thought it was like, oh, I'm just helping people. Um, that just kind of over the years spiraled into, you know, what is the, you know, the beast is what people are recognized as grow ref today. Um, you know, working with some of the biggest names in the industry, being behind some of the biggest launches, the biggest you know, New York times bestseller launches, um, et cetera. And on track right now, this year, we'll probably manage around $150 million in uh, paid advertising. Um, and that's across multiple different avenues in multiple different networks. Um, yeah. And it's become one of the things that now I just like look at offers and I'm like, how can I scale the shit out of you? Cause that's what I want to do. Well, I mean, you know what the awesome thing is and something that, um, you know, I've been in the industry for over 15 years and, you know, agencies come and go really quickly. You know what I mean? Like it's somebody who has lasting power like you and Girl Rev and so forth uh, and just keeps working with these huge names and so forth. Obviously, we have a lot of lessons to learn. Um, so I, 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 you know, kind of building on this and talking about your business and so forth. I mean, the the 
what everybody, the new kid on the block, what everybody's talking about is AI and, you know, how mm-hmm. AI is going to transform this industry. Like, you know, just to position it a little bit, like for myself, I'm, you know, testing some AI content, uh, whether it's on the bl- more on the blog side right now, less on the, on the media side, but it's just unlimited amount of content. So in a world where we can now create, you know, 10, 20 times more content than we're recreating a year or two ago, like how can somebody you know, find their voice? How can somebody get following? And and what are you guys doing in this, you know, with AI right now? For me, there's multiple things that we're doing with AI. Some fun things that we're going to launch. And as much as I would love to talk about on this podcast, I can't really talk about it on the podcast. But essentially, we're going to automate as much of the marketing as we possibly can, right? From building brand decks, to writing eBooks towards like, you know, with a bunch of prompts that's spitting out, you know, 250,000 word books um, in a matter of like 30 minutes. Um, like that's the kind of stuff that we're testing and kind of going down that road. Um, brand X where private equity companies are paying us a lot of money. There's because obviously for private equity on those world where it's like, Hey, we want to sell this company, but the company doesn't have no avatar, no voice, no brand, no nothing. We'll put it into our AI platform that we're building and kind of spit it out. But that's just a, such a high level. Now, one of the things that we're doing at a lower level, kind of that everybody can do using simple platforms like ChatGPT, um, is pretty much going down the road of you know automating our content. So it's like you know there's also AI platforms for not only content and scripts and everything else. You can you can just feed it the right prompts, and there's tons of different offers and people that are smart people out there that have written prompt. Um, you know, you can pay like ninety nine bucks and get like prompt courses and kind of understanding how to write prompts. Because the biggest thing with AI is understanding how to just give it the right thing so you get the right output, the right input to get the right output. Um, And one of the things that we're doing now is, you know, with my social team since November of last year. So if if anybody follows me on social, they'll see since any of the content that you're seeing posted that was just me kind of like the quote unquote cliche Hermosi style content. For some reason, it's become Hermosi style. Um, (laughs) I've not recorded a single one since November of last year, I did. I went three weeks and I recorded seven hundred of them in three weeks, um, in a short period of time. And the reason I did that, seven hundred in three wow. weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the reason I did that was because um, I knew with what we were playing with AI, I'm like, I need the focus here so it doesn't take away from my content uh, time. That I was like, I need to go all in. We, we're not going to use all 700, but we just went and record all of yeah. like, whatever hooks that we could come up with in the team. Um, but we, I knew going into this year with, you know, ChatGPT was still kind of picking up storm. And then obviously this year just took off. Um, we're like, what can we do with it? Today, we're now getting geared up to do long-form scripts through AI, through ChatGPT. And what I mean by long-form scripts, like long-form videos um, for uh, YouTube content, and then also pushing out short-form content. Now, the, the easiest thing for me to do is because of you know time and everybody's in a different world. Today, if you told me, hey, go record 115 a day, I probably could. But to do the volume I did before, I'd say, go after yourself. I don't have the time to commit to this. So I was like, okay, how do we make this the most efficient? So with AI, what we're doing is we're building a long long form content for YouTube, for example, um, taking those things, taking those long form videos, cutting them up um, into short form content and syndicating them through multiple different channels. Obviously with Instagram, you got reels with TikToks, with YouTube, you got YouTube shorts. Um, Snapchat is being a big one right now that we're also going back into because traffic there has been pretty good um, and pushing them all the way back. So we're taking one piece of content using AI to produce the content. I'm obviously recording it. That's the only thing that's manual, which is my face and kind of my voice. Um, and then we're having AI cut it up into shorts because there's tools that you can do that and it automatically spits it out and like spits up the different cameras. And then we're just syndicating it for growth. Um, the biggest thing right now is going to be speed and quality 
um, with obviously as much quantity as you can push. And by quantity, I don't mean how many pieces you can push, but how many platforms you can have syndicating the content for you. So that's the biggest thing that we're focusing on right now. Um, We are starting an entire... At the time of this call or this podcast being recorded, essentially, we are starting an entire case study around this because uh, we've seen it happen a few times already for people that we've kind of put the plan in play. It was like an idea that I had one day over smoking a cigar and a couple of beers and drinking a couple of beers in my backyard. I was like, this could work if this did correctly. We tested it with some big influencers and it blew them up, like blew them nice. up. I was like, okay, well, if it blew up big influencers, the big caveat that most people would look at is like, oh, they already had a following. You know, like that's the what's what's the one common thing that people could blame it at? I was like, okay, well, I have a following, but you know, nowhere near as active as I was three, four years ago. But what if I just started a whole new account and kind of built it from scratch and kind of went down that route? I just made it this, I don't need more projects on my plate, but made it this un- an unnecessary project that I was just like, I need to prove this theory through. Okay. And from what we're seeing, we're only about two weeks into this and it's already paying dividends pretty quickly. So that's kind of what we're doing with AI. So you're right now. creating, so you're creating, just to understand, you're creating a new kind of YouTube channel or new social yeah, channels, it's gonna everything. Be, no, it's gonna be it. So all new social channels. Uh, okay. we're the only one that we're keeping live is my Instagram account and my TikTok account. Um, but we're not really even pushing the way we're doing it with mine. So we're doing two separate case studies. One, we're gonna be pushing directly to one of my Instagram main accounts just to to have that engagement kind of pick up and kind of obviously go to a whole different level. And then okay. all the other ones are pushing to a brand new YouTube channel. Um, just to see, because one of the things that we're all, and that's just right now, I'm not saying it's gonna be something we do even two weeks from now. And then from there, what, what, what ends up happening, what we're gonna do is we just wanna see because most platforms, and if you understand the social platform, because I built a company on a social platform that ended up in a long, crazy lawsuit with Facebook and stole it from me and the whole different... Then we can talk about that if we want to. Um, is you got to understand how they like pushing out of their platform, right? No one likes it, but it's like, no. there's always things, as long as you're feeding it good, it's willing to you know, feed you good back. And it's like, as long as the content is really, really good, it doesn't have a problem shipping that link out. So it's like Instagram hates shipping to YouTube. Like it just does not like sending that out there. Uh, but if we get enough volume throughout a reel, I think the volume is going to beat the link push anyway. So that's kind of where we're testing, which okay. way, which way we're going to go. And in two weeks, in two weeks from now, we're going to probably decide: Are we going all to an Instagram page, and then I'm going to use my story content to push it out to YouTube, or are we going to just use all of the content directly to push to YouTube? Are you using any AI tools for? kind of gathering data or intelligence. Like I know there's obviously a lot of AI tools for, you know, uh, content creation in the sense of like writing scripts, uh, editing and so forth. But is there anything that likes really high level that can give you good data? I'm sure my team has some because we're very, very focused on that right now. Like heavily focused um, to the tune of we're buying two major domains that are one word domains in the AI space right now for a very hefty amount. Like that's how heavy we're going into this. Um, I don't know what they're using. I just know where my, where my focus is at, but knowing my team probably because we're, everything we do is data driven, right? Even on our advertising side and the media buying side, everything is data driven. I mean, that the interesting thing that you mentioned is, uh, you know, you're starting a YouTube channel from scratch and obviously you're, you're leveraging AI and so forth. But in, in this day and age, obviously with YouTube just having so much content uploaded and now with the AI tools, having it, having it, making it easier to upload content. Do you think there's, you know, still, it's still possible to grow a YouTube channel organically and, and, and get followers and so forth. Do you have to use AI? Like what, what's the, what's your, uh, I guess your best advice. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, I still see, 
I'm obsessed. It's funny because as obsessed I am with organic, it, I think I leverage, and I've come to terms with it because my obsession with organic content is just because I want to see what the content creators are doing and how I can leverage and pay it. Okay. Because of the fact that my main company spends a hundred hundreds of millions of dollars. So if organic's taken off, there's an angle there that we can use for that. Now, like there's so many influencers right now that are still blowing up in the organic space that started during COVID. Look at look at just like if you put like a like one of the things actually I hired a data analyst um just to kind of look at. I wanted to see to do um essentially search. I was like, I don't like I just kind of gave him my vision. And this is what I said. I said uh, from March of 2020. I want to see channels that were below 10,000 subscribers on YouTube to yeah. where they ended up in March of 2022. Just a two-year sample size, the ones that were consistent. Because there's a whole data set of people that went through COVID, whether it was YouTube, whether it was TikTok, whether it was Instagram, that just became massive influencers during that time and phase because they just put content out, right? Like one of my close friends in the health space that lives here in Vancouver, um, you know, went from literally almost nobody on YouTube to today be in, being interviewed by some of the biggest names in the health space specifically, and has done over $150 million in sales in two years because of COVID. And the wow. conversation with him was the reason what sparked it. Uh, and I was like, if he's done it, who else has done it? And it all comes down to quality of content organically. Now, obviously with me, it's like, I don't have time to sit down and record. And the, you know, he was doing two massive videos a day. So he's doing quality wow. and quantity, but I like with given what I've built, I don't have time to do that every single day. So I'm playing the opposite side is I'm going quality, but syndication through quantity. But if you're just starting off and like, that's what you want to do. YouTube's here to stay. I don't see YouTube going anywhere as an advertising platform. I want more creators um, to show up on the platform because then that gives us more uh, places to be marketing to and, you know, spending more advertising on. So that's kind of the play that I'm looking at. So yeah, I'm, I've been weirdly obsessed with YouTube in mm -hmm. a way of just like researching and understanding the psychology around it versus yeah. actually taking the time. And I'm just taking this project on just because I want to prove the theory more than anything for myself, just to be like, I did it versus just being like, oh, wouldn't it be cool kind of situation? Well, for sure. You know, just like coaches after a while, a coach has to go back and do it again because things change, right? You can't be a coach for 10 right. years for something that you learned 10 years ago. So um, in terms of, you mentioned, you know, your friend with the, the, the health space and so forth, do you think that it's the same type of growth and the same type of growth is available for B2B businesses, like for example, coaches that are looking to, to get other businesses and so forth, or is there a, a very different strategy between B2C and B2B on YouTube? I think it's no matter what, it's just, I think it's just the biggest thing that like I know for a fact, no matter who I talk to, what influencer I talk to is the two, the two metrics that I know that the ones, and I, I could be wrong because there's so many different influencers out there. And someone could be listening to this and be like, you're completely wrong. You're an idiot. Um, <laughs> but the ones that I know that are in the millions of uh, subscribers very, very closely. One is the click through. So the CTR number and what what's their watch time. That's all like the, the two things that some of the biggest guys um, obsess over. And the reason being is if you can get someone to click a video and get them to watch a significant amount of the video, YouTube's algorithm is only going to favor your content more and more and more. Okay. So, I mean, now you're talking about short form, short form content kind of leading into big uh, content. How do you, how do you, how does a business, whether it's a B2C or B2B, like, I mean, we have, you know, with direct payment, I work with a lot of supplements, coaches, and, and kind of, you know, direct response businesses. How can these businesses leverage short form content to reach a specific audience, the audience that's actually going to, you know, want to watch more and so forth? Like, are you doing it, putting something on social that's going on to like a longer from YouTube or yep. what's your best strategy for right now? So 
I'm going to tell you exactly what I did um, and not what I'm doing, what I did and what's kind of paid off. So what I'm doing is something that you guys can all watch and see how it comes out. And I could be an absolute fail of a project and be like, oh, well, I learned something out of this entire thing. But <laughs> what I've done over the last 18 months has been pretty insane. So when I went through the whole situation with Facebook, they took my account down on Instagram. I was a, was much more, much bigger following, came back and it kind of just ruined it. Engagement was trash the whole nine years. So it's like, essentially, I was like, I looked at my team and I'm like, do we start a whole new account or do we just re- try to revitalize this account and bring it back to life? Yeah. And we agreed upon just doing it in a way where just revitalizing the account. I don't know why, but sometimes we just decide to make our lives more difficult for no reason. <laughs> um, and we did. And we committed to a year of just putting content on Instagram every single day, multiple times a day for most days as well, but consistently once a day, even through the weekends and not having a single call to action. There's not a single call to action, on any of my content for over a year. Okay. Right. And this is where I think most coaches or early stage entrepreneurs get too hung up on the fact of, oh, they want to put some content out there and how do I monetize this immediately? Well, you're not playing in the game of when Instagram um, stories first came out or when Reels first came out, any of this stuff. When like when the platforms were just, you know, when TikTok came out and was blown up during COVID, like any of that stuff. Now it's a time of like, just keep feeding the algorithm, make the algorithm your best bloody friend. And then eventually start going down that route because the algorithm is going to learn and see your content over time. And it's going to notice that you're keeping people on platform. And I talked about this earlier in the podcast. Um, And then from there you can start pushing and literally still today, we don't have a single call to action, any of our content. We will be launching call to actions in our content right now. The only CTA in my entire profile is if you if someone clicks my bio or clicks my profile and goes to my bio, that's the only way they're going to see a call to action. Nothing else. Doing that has got me today offers from companies up to like $50,000 a month just to sponsor my content. Wow. Right? Like just to have it like place, like talk about it, not even like as an indirect ad um, to put it into my content. I just won't do it. Um, that's just, that's just not my ethos for doing that. It's like, if I'm going to, I don't need to, take the advertising dollars from someone and say, go put it in ads and pay my other company. I'll do it there. But it's like, if I'm (laughs) going to do it, Hey, I want to be behind a product, not just saying yes to something that I need to say yes to. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, if there's no CTAs uh, and it's over a year, you're doing this, you're just trying to grow the audience. Are you saying that it would take at least a year or more? Like, do you have, I don't see, I don't see taking a year mine because obviously I did one. I was up against every, possible shit show on planet earth with the platform because of what happened prior to. Yeah. So it's like, I knew they were going to make my life 10 times more difficult, but they also don't know the type of person I am. I'm extremely stubborn and I'll just keep going till I win. Um, that's just kind of how I am as a person, <laughs> but you know, it's like you can start today and with reels, for example, have z- nothing on your account, brand new, clean, completely clean account and keep pushing and push, 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 push. I don't see being a year. But, you know, you can get to a point where you build massive, massive momentum very, very quickly. But the momentum is only going to come from how consistent you are, how disciplined you are, making sure that you're feeding that platform. So do these platforms like consistency in terms of like if we get like very strategic, like should you post every day at 11 or every day at 11 and at four and at seven? Like you have to get that mathematical. I've had that argument with my team multiple times Um, on YouTube. I know for a fact. We've they've proven me to show that it's like specific day, specific time, consistently having that okay. like um, even if it's once a week, stick to once a week at that specific day, that specific time. Um, they've proven that out to me. The rest of them, I am yet to see one that makes sense. Like okay. I don't know, but we just we just have a time that we yeah we just have a time that we've stuck to. 
sorry, are they probably like, I know Facebook and, and, you know, Instagram and obviously all, all the rest, they, they, they change their algorithms often enough. Like, I mean, I leave ads on, on purpose. I don't have any ad blockers because I like to see what people are advertising and so forth. And I find it odd. Like, I feel like I can predict Facebook stock, um, (laughs) based Based on, on, based on the ads, what I see on the ads. I'm like, Oh, they must be getting desperate. So things are not doing so well. And then literally like a week later, it's like Facebook earnings go down and and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's funny, but I feel like their algorithms also probably change in consequence to to how people are you know their their numbers basically their financials if their financials are good they become more restrictive if their financials are bad they just kind of open the loop and let just pretty much anything go right well yeah currently like even you know we've got some connects inside of facebook um i know facebook just laid off i think it was earlier or at tail end of last week where they just laid off an entire department again right so it's like it's just going to be really dependent and you named it you nailed it by looking if you can look if you can figure out looking at how we'll have ads that'll just get disapproved for ages and all of a sudden they're approved for no damn reason and yeah. it's just like they're getting des- they're getting <laughs> desperate they've opened they've opened they've opened up space for us to run this um and you can tell and it's very very cliche but yeah it just kind of comes down to that and obviously i don't know what's going to happen here over the next six to eight months it's very very uncertain um yeah. we're just pushing as hard as we possibly can until you know things are as good as they are I mean, now we talked a little bit about short form content and so forth. If we go back to long form content and YouTube, like YouTube, for me, I'm also obsessed with YouTube. It's one of my 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 things. Like I really want to grow on YouTube. Like we've, we've had the podcast for a while and I'm like, okay, we mm-hmm. have to try to crack this YouTube nut because it feels like, at least for, for my business, obviously it's a business to business direct pay net. We work with other businesses and we get the merchant processing. So it's a very niche type thing. You know, we're not looking to get a million views or anything like that, but um when people watch us on YouTube, they're more engaged. We get more leads. Um, you know, it just every other platform, like I can get, you know, 50, 60 K views on a reel, zero leads. Then I get a video on YouTube, 150 views, two or three leads. I'm like, look at that. So it, it, it just constantly proves the theory that YouTube is, you know, it's a beast in terms of getting people yeah. to, to convert and so forth. I'm just wondering, Based on on that and and you know the the trends on YouTube is YouTube like I hear all these wacky theories on YouTube so I want to uh, get it straight from you what you think is it is YouTube a place you should put long form content is it a place where when I say long form I mean like 20, 30 minutes plus or 100%. you know a lot of people are saying 10, 12 minutes is the max and other people are saying, you know, stick to like one, two minute videos, how to step-by-steps and just kind of guide people. What's your, I guess, what's your best advice for, 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 let's say somebody like me or people who are kind of struggling to to crack the YouTube nut. So d- based on the two things that I mentioned earlier in this podcast, and this is from talking to multiple influencers, yeah. is click the ratio or click the rate. I mean, and uh, watch time. So we are very, very, very focused with all of our long form content and everything that we're building is just around those two metrics. And that's what this entire case study that we're building is around that. Um, We will be doing long form content. And I mean, like north of 15 minutes, like pieces of content, like like face face, uh, face to camera. Almost like a VSL, but not really. Um, for most people, don't know what a VSL is, a video sales letter, but kind of like kind of going down that route, and then really aggressively testing um, thumbnails, like aggressively testing thumbnails to see to figure out what the like. We've got a range of what the click through should be because some people are in automotive, and some people are in yeah. health, and some people are in entrepreneurship. So it's like we're looking at what it is and the numbers that we're sticking to. Um, 
and then we're going to obviously base what our watch time is. So, and kind of, and, and build on that. That's all I'm focusing on right now. Everybody is like, you know, it's like going to a different agency on an ad advertising platform is just like, yeah, this ads advertising platform is better. It's just like, what's not better. It's just like, what are you willing to be focused on? I'm just going sure. on data. I'm just going based on what I've been told. Okay. Well, I mean, I find it interesting because, you know, what you're saying right now is watch time. So watch time is obviously increased by having longer videos. If I have a 30 second video, I mean, how long, you know, somebody's going to watch 20 or 30 seconds. So obviously what I'm getting from this is the longer, the better, obviously not keep keeping the content engaging, but let's say a 30 or 40 minute video, you would do that on YouTube right now? 100%. Oh, nice. There's hundred percent. Um, we're testing. We're one of the VSLs. I know that I'm looking at recording. I was just reading, this, like, just skimming through the script the other day for it. I was surprised this thing is not like 35 to 45 minutes long. Like, by the oh, time wow. I'm recording this video, right? I, uh, um, and that's kind of what it is. How much? How, what's the percentage in general? You think is a good percentage of watch time for 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 let's say a 30 minute plus video? I'd have to look at the numbers and kind of come back to you on that. But I'd be, okay. you know. Well, the biggest thing is what what did my team say to me when they did like our data team? I think they said we want them to watch at least forty percent of the video. Wow, I'm pretty okay. sure is what they mentioned. That's right? a, that's so a it's like even out of thirty minutes, out of thirty minutes, if they're there for call it ten, right? You're you're getting close to that number, um, and then it's from there. It's obviously going to have diminishing returns, but it's like going to pull that audience, and then obviously the the higher we can get the click through, the more we're going to get people to watch um, the rest of the video. Okay. Interesting. I mean, in terms of content, and, and I'm kind of going back a little bit to the beginning, just to bring up a topic about content, you, you mentioned, you know, posting consistently and a lot of content and so forth. Is there such a thing as like too much content, like, or overproducing content or overposting? Like, is there, can you, can you ever have enough or is your kind of mantra just post, post, post as much content as you have? I just think just post like at the end of the day, it, it doesn't really matter if you've got content. Like I've got content right now that we're repurposing that never even got out. Um, but, but I shot in like 2021, um, wow, 20, okay. like during COVID during that whole craziness of the loss and stuff, um, that never got out. We're just repurposing and bringing it back to life, making it like meme content around and just posting. Like what's wow. the worst? Like if you're going to commit to content, just push, like who cares? Like that's just okay. my, that's my theory around it on yeah. the way on the short form side, on the long form side, like I said, it's very different. So it's like, there's two strategies that we're trying to see. How do we cross mingle it? That's the reason why we're creating literally just case study, but like we're going to be tracking day over day, week over week, month over month. How do we cross mingle the both of them? Because if we can get volume for views, but then mm -hmm. we can get on the short form. But then if we can get, you know, high amount of stick rate, that's going to build our community. That's going to build the people that I want to truly sell to and yeah. share what I have to offer. Um, that's really what it's going to come down to. Okay. Interesting. I mean, I guess I, I do agree with that. If people want to hear from you, they want to hear from you, right? So, you know, they, if, if you don't like somebody or you don't want to follow them, you just unfollow them and you get them off your feed. So why not? Right. I always struggle with that because we have a lot of content. I'm like, are we doing too much? Are we annoying and so forth? But I, I know a lot of email copywriters and they say, the more you email, the more sales you're going to make. So I figure it's the same type of same thing. Theory. And right? I was literally going to yeah. correlate, I was going to correlate that back to your, know, like, you know, some of the stuff that we do on email. We just want to, we hammer email because at the end of the day, it's like the more we email them, at the end of the day, either they're going to buy something or they're going to unsubscribe. And guess what? I want them to unsubscribe off our list because it's cleaning them out anyways. We don't have to yeah. sit there and worry about it. 
same thing on the social. If you just look at social, the way you look at email, it's the same essentially methodology oh, and psychology. So there, it all comes full circle, I guess. Um, in terms of, you know, there's a lot of coaches and a lot of people who are trying to attract different types of clients. You know, I hear a lot of people who are closers and, and getting closers and so forth. How do you attract the client that you want? Like what's your, what's your methodology for attracting the best clients? It's gotten to a point where right now it's like, you know, the funniest, like we're literally about to finally launch a paid advertising acquisition channel for ourselves at GrowRev. We've done, we've had, I've had this company now as a brand. GrowRev has been around since 2018. Company have been around almost 10 years. I could say, I could tell you less than $10,000 has been spent on acquisition. Um, And the reason being on client acquisition. And the reason being is because we were very, very, very diligent and very picky on who we wanted to work with because we knew we could get the results. The results spoke for itself. It turned into its own referral source. And then, you know, finding partners like yourself that, hey, it's like, you know, these are the type of people that I want to work with. If they're willing to really invest in what their growth We'll work with them. But even through our sales process, like whether it's me or my business development team, you know, when we go through that sales process, like we're very black and white. This is the input, this is the output that we want. Maybe that's the reason why I'm like I like the AI game, because it's the same thing, input, output. Um, if you're willing to put this in, we're willing to get make sure you get this out on the back end. Um, and because we're so direct with it, we end up attracting the clients that actually want to put in the work. Mostly will come to an agency hoping like they're just, you know, um the next best thing that's gonna save their business, but we're not. We're you're just as much responsible for your business as much as I am. So we have to meet in the middle. And having that mentality and knowing that's the type of clientele we will only work with is the way we've attracted them. Okay. So basically having a very clear sense of like who your customer is, a customer avatar in order to keep speaking to them. Correct. But okay. not only the customer avatar, because we have our customer avatar, which is very just, which is very um, designed to who we want to work with. But one extra step that I go into as well is on the behavior side of things. Like how do they behave as a client? Right. Okay. Like when I, the one question that I ask all of my, all of my clients or my team will ask all of my clients, how many agencies have you worked with in the last 12 months? And if it's anything more than two, it's almost a red flag because they're just like, it's almost ready to know that, hey, they're just trying to get anything they can to try to make the agency be their Hail Mary when it's like, no, there's two sides to this coin here. Yeah. I mean, everybody, you can't just hand the reins over to your business to somebody else and say, well, these are the people who are going to take care of everything. I mean, they'll bring you the leads, but you got to know how to work your leads. You need to know who you're you're looking for. So that's, you know, obviously a big, a big part. It's a partnership. And, you know, yeah. I, there, there's two sides of the coins with, with agencies and there are a lot of great agencies like yours, but I would say there's a lot more bad agencies, at least in my experience. Um, you know, I've been around for a long time and I've seen so many come and go and you go to these big trade shows and they're like buying up banners and sponsoring. And then the year, the next year they're gone. They're literally gone. You're like, who, who's that? <laughs> uh, so, so I mean, yeah, definitely, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, you know, have, have gone to, um, hiring one-offs and so forth, which is, you know, similar to what I do is I just hire talent and I try to put teams together and so forth, just so I can have, you know, a congruent vision, but definitely, you know, with your staying power and how, how long you've been here and, and, and obviously all the stuff that you've grown and the people you've worked with, um, that, that obviously helps attract the right kind of person. I'm curious, you know, on your thoughts of like, we're talking about media and content creation and so forth. And during COVID, you mentioned, you know, there's a lot of people who explode and so forth podcasts, like audio podcasts, like this one, you know, it, you know, that's when we launched, uh, we launched during Mm -hmm. COVID and things were doing very good. And then, you know, 
after the whole, after lockdown, you know, things did start stagnating. Um, and, you know, we're, we're trying to get great guests and so forth to continue upping the content. But in general, what are you, what are your thoughts on audio podcasts? How do they fit in to this whole kind of growth strategy? I think no matter what, it's, like, it's going to be the same thing as anything else, really. It's just consistency. Podcast definitely became a big, you know, it was the big new squirrel um, kind of situation in during COVID. Everybody and the dog was launching podcasts. Um, but, you know, people like Joe Rogan's of the world have been podcasting for how long and end up, end up getting an insane offer to move over to Spotify. Um, it's just a piece of marketing machine, really, because it's a piece of content. You can use up content. Obviously, as yes, you use this specific one as audio, but even like the recorded video version, you could clip it, use it as top of funnel ads. If you really wanted to, you could clip it, use it on your Instagram. So there's multiple ways of leveraging it and kind of going down that route. So I definitely think there's a big, big market for it. I actually have like, I launched a podcast uh, or I was going to launch a podcast. And I think I have like 50 or 60 massive episodes already recorded. Oh, nice. I just was like, I'm not, I'm not posting this. I was just like, I was like, I'm not adding this big of a project because I knew if it took off, I'd be like, Oh, I got to commit to this again. And I was just like, I'm just not ready for a podcast I mean, right now. So I love doing other people's podcasts. 50 episodes. That's like a good year. I mean, you could even post once every two weeks and then you have like two years of content. But do you find that the the, the people listening to podcasts are the same people watching on YouTube? Like, are you finding these people kind of are following you different platforms? Like in my experience, I feel like the podcast listeners are different than the YouTubers. Uh, I don't know much about the social. I have, you know, people kind of managing that. I, I really focus on those two platforms myself to understand, but I do find that it's different audiences. It's not the same. For, it's for sure. Like even for myself like i love podcasts absolutely love podcasts when i'm driving around i'm listening to podcasts majority of the time right but they're yeah. audio based very rarely do i sit down and watch a video podcast like yeah very rarely right it but it's a very different uh because for me it's like you know i'm obsessed also one of the things i'm insanely obsessed with human behavior and why do people do certain things um and i think it just also comes down to behavioral patterns i think a lot of audio podcasts are consumed in you know net time or no extra time where it's like you're driving around or having a yeah. shower or sitting on the train or whatever. Like that's where audio podcasts been listened to. Whereas YouTube as a platform, I think is there for education, which podcasts are education as well, but there's so many different types of education that you need the visuals and everything else to learn or entertainment. Um, those are the two reasons why YouTube wins on that part of the world. Like I watch YouTube videos and I'll watch sometimes I just you know, want to watch stuff just to keep me entertained or I'll just have it in the background on the couch while I'm sitting and working. And it's just like some random channel that I've just subscribed to because I like the way they show, showcase something. So the behavior patterns for YouTube long form versus podcast long form are definitely very different. Different people. I mean, I, I do. I maybe, maybe I'm aging myself. Like I prefer audio podcasts just because the same thing, as you said, I'm driving somewhere, I'm going, I'm doing an errand and I'm just have it in my ear and I'll yeah. just, you know, continue. I do find myself having a hard time committing to YouTube videos. I, I, I find like after two or three minutes of something, I, I usually myself use YouTube for information. Like I need to know how to do something. I'll just go and, and find 100%. It and, education. And yeah. yeah. Education. Yeah. But I, I, you know, yeah. I always wonder, like, I mean, some of the younger people, uh, you know, I have a lot of younger people who who listen and give me comments on YouTube and stuff like that. And I'm like, how it just it, it boggles my mind. And I think it's a little bit of a, a generational thing. Like, I think the older generation, maybe they, they they're they OK with like kind of radio type 
style things where they're listening, yeah. but then younger people seem to just not want to do the audio podcast. They want that, to, that's just me kind of talking to some listeners and talking to different people. That's the, the, it's obviously very anecdotal. It's not based on, on, mm-hmm. you know, hard numbers, but every time I talk to somebody who listens to me on, on the podcast, they're, they're generally older. And then every time I, yeah. I watch, I, I listen to, or I talk to somebody who watches this on YouTube, they're generally younger. So it yeah, just younger. feels like there's like a generational kind of gap. That's why we obviously try to do both, uh, yeah. to have, to have both, but it's, it's, it's interesting how, uh, different generations kind of see or want to consume content and media, but it just seems like, you know, obviously there's, there's so many, um, just kind of in closing, there's so many things that you can do now with, with AI, just providing unlimited content. Just one last question to kind of wrap things up. If somebody is is just kind of getting started or, you know, kind of at the infancy of their business in terms of like content and so forth, there's a lot of people who who make millions of dollars who have very little in terms of like content and social media and so 100%. forth. Yeah. Um, it still exists. You know, there's still businesses out there that don't, you know, spend that much money or don't, don't put too many resources in these things. What is your best kind of one, a couple of tips to, to get started and start getting your audience? Is it video content is it written content or like give us a couple of quick tips i'm bullish on i like video i personally like video uh, um if you can get yourself in front of a camera not only that not only do i like video because one people get to know you like you and trust you because they get to see you and kind of understand your voice what you look like what you what you come um your personas like and everything else but also makes you really good as a communicator and as a speaker right like because if you can communicate through a camera and you person technically on the other end is not watching until you publish the video and then you see an outcome down the road come from it now you can understand what made that outcome happen and the more you do it the better you're going to get the more you do it the better you're going to find your voice that's my bias on it and i just love video for that reason um whereas you know some people are just really good writers but if you ask me to sit down and write you know, a blog, I would rather walk myself out that window because absolutely not. I'd be like, give me a phone and I'll record a piece of content in no time. Yeah. Uh, but it also comes down to what do you truly like? Just look at what you value inside of your life the most and, and you know, do what you think is going to give you the biggest fulfillment out of that. Just because I say video doesn't mean it has to be, but I think, I still think everybody should be recording videos and being consistent with it because it'll get them to be much, much, much better. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that's where, where everything's going, even, you know, Instagram and all these platforms are are really promoting reels and videos and videos and videos and videos. So, I mean, I, I definitely think I, I agree with you. Uh, and the more, you know, I watched some of the earlier content that I filmed like two years ago and I'm like, holy crap, that was terrible. Like cringe, but, (laughs) but you know, you do get better and, and you ask better questions and so forth. So, you know, the practice does help. And, uh, I think, you know, just kind of wrapping it up in terms terms of the video side of things, I agree with you. And I, that's why I think we get way less views on YouTube than, than downloads on the audio podcast. But for some reason, mm-hmm. the leads are coming from YouTube because people are seeing my face. They're trusting me. They're liking my voice and so forth. Obviously we're in the financial industry. So people feel like, you know, when they trust somebody, they can work with them and so forth. So, um, I, I will keep fighting the good fight on YouTube and try to <laughs> try to crack the nut. Um, and I do, you know, I thank you so much, uh, Rohan for your time. This was like super eye opening, and, and actually for me, it's optimistic because sometimes a lot, when these new tools like AI, and all these things make things easier. A lot of people are like, oh, this is the end. I can't ever get started. But you know, what I'm getting from you is that this is only going to help you. This is, you know, more content doesn't mean that, you know, uh, you can't find your voice these days. 
no, not at all. And like, don't, don't be scared by any of these tools. Like one of the things that, you know, we literally teach anybody that comes to us is like, figure out how to leverage the tools to make you better. Like, don't be scared of it. Be like, how can I use this to make me better? Like, that's really the one thing that I always um, live by. It doesn't matter if it's AI or the next best, you know, look at, look at the rate of technology and the compound effect. This is not the end. Like, There's a lot more coming that we don't even <laughs> see right now. So just think, oh, think wow. bigger. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Rohan, for your time. We're going to post some links down below, guys, on how you can uh, get in touch with Rohan and check out his his projects and so forth on social and uh, his website. Uh, and don't forget to like, subscribe and share for more amazing content. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hope you found today's session valuable. If you have any questions for me or just want to connect, please feel free to visit my website, mariasparagis.com. That's M-A-R-I-A-S-P-A-R-A-G-I-S.com. I'd love to hear what you're working on. So drop me a line on any hot button issues your business is experiencing. And remember, don't worry about failure. You only have to be right once. 